What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today, I want to talk about simplifying nutrition. See, the last episode, um, not including the interview, the last episode I recorded by myself, I talked about nutritional periodization. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please go download that episode and go listen to it right now. It is the most downloaded solo episode I have ever done, the fastest growing as far as downloads in the first week that I've ever done um, for interviews as well. It's growing ridiculously fast, and I think it's just because the content inside is so valuable. Um, And I've never gone that in-depth on a podcast before with a specific strategy to help you do better, get better results. So if you haven't listened to that, please go listen to it. But given that I went over such a complicated topic of nutritional periodization, like really diving into macros, system, structure, methods, your goals, how to outline that for a year, so on and so forth, I wanted to do a shorter episode. I'm going to try to keep this in 30-minute window. (laughs) You guys know how bad I am with that. I'm going to try to keep this in a 30-minute window, but I wanted to do a shorter episode based on simplifying the entire process and not necessarily the process of periodization but the process of nutrition in general the idea the method the strategy the concept the thing right nutrition as a whole like let's go back to the basics let's go back to the foundations let's talk about what you need to worry about before you even consider macros and periodization and nutrient timing and all the sexy cool shit that we want to learn about and want to read and research Let's talk about the basics. Let's talk about the foundations. And today I'm going to do that and we're going to title it Simplifying Nutrition. And I think you're going to get a lot out of this. And for the people who are coaching individuals, I think you are going to get a ton out of applicable information you can provide your clients with to make sure that they adhere and feel better, right? Like there's a there's a leveling system. But I need to stop because this is just the intro and I just want to talk about what I'm going to talk about. And if I keep going, I'm going to end up telling the whole story and there will be no intro. So... Before we get into the episode, um, I want to switch up my quick announcement. Still want you to post this on Instagram because that's the best way for people to hear, but I want you to do me a favor um, whether you post this on Instagram or not. So you can either A, take a screenshot of the show, post it on your story, tag me at Cody Boom Boom, Cody dot Boom Boom, or you can literally just DM me. If you don't want to share it on your story, cool. DM me. I still want to hear from you, whoever you are listening to this. And the reason I want to hear from you is two things. Number one, three things. I lied. Number one, I just want to know who's listening to the show. There's nothing I love more than engaging. Um, I just got done sitting down on my couch in the office and literally just DMing people. And it took me a long time because I had a bunch of unread DMs, but it was cool because I can have conversations with people. I'm helping people. I'm answering questions. Like I thrive on that. That is one of my favorite things about what I do is just being able to communicate with people around the world and engage and talk and, and connect and help. Right? That's why I do this. So if you're listening to this, I want to hear from you because I want to know who's listening and I want to help you if there's any way I can help you. Number two, I want to know who you want to hear on the show. There are so many amazing people just waiting for me to interview them, which sounds so weird to say, but I truly believe it, right? And a lot of times, the people who I have on my show are one of two things. Either A, there's somebody I have been following, listening to, learning from, and respecting for a long period of time, or B, they are somebody that has been recommended by you, right? I will say there are some times where people's agents or assistants reach out to me and try to get them on the show, but I actually accept very few of those people because I want people who you want to hear on the show. 
right? Or who I know will provide value. Now, there's been a handful of people that have been reached that reached out to me who I was like, yeah, this will be a great guest for you. But I want to hear from you. So who do you want to hear from the show? Is it an influencer? Is it a coach? Is it a business owner? Is it an athlete? Whoever you feel like you could learn and really love a conversation between myself and them, please tell me in the DM. So if you tag me in your post on social media, on your story, once I respond to you, because I always respond, whether I just say thank you, I give you a dap, I will say something to you. Once I do, tell me who you want to see on the show. Or, this is number three, reason why I want to hear from you. Let me know what you want me to talk about. Right? I did a post on my story, which this will come, don't worry. I, I did a poll and I said, should I do an entire episode on reverse dieting? Um, and I think there was two people that said no and like a hundred people that said yes, at least. And I think the two people that said no were probably like my brother-in-law and my best friend because my brother-in-law says no to everything and he'll be the one person that doesn't. So Greg, if you're listening to this, I don't know what to say right now, <laughs> but you always, you're always that guy. So it might have just been him. But the point is, is everybody wanted a reverse dieting episode. So guess what? I'm going to do an episode just like nutritional periodization where I go super deep and in-depth and give you the tools to properly reverse diet. But if there's another topic you want me to cover, not necessarily a Q&A. Obviously, give me your questions. But one specific topic where you're like, dude, go off for an hour, hour and a half on this one thing so I can get everything I need on that topic, please let me know. So here's what I need you guys to do. I know that was a long-winded, everything is with me, intro, but tag me on your Instagram story by taking a screenshot of this or just directly DMing me. Once I respond to your DM or your Instagram story, because I will, Tell me who you want to see on the podcast, here on the podcast, or specifically what topic you want me to cover so I can create the right content for you. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the episode, Simplifying Nutrition. There's certain foundational principles that we all have to consider when it comes to nutrition, health, I mean shit, really everything in life, right? Training, mindset, family, relationships, motivation, Everything. Every single thing has a hierarchy. Every single thing in life has a foundational system, right? There's, in the words of the wise rap artist Meek Mill, there's levels to this shit. If you listen to Meek Mill, you might have just laughed a little bit. If you do not, you probably didn't think that was funny at all, and I apologize. But there's levels to this stuff. That's a very good song, right? That song hypes me up in the gym, by the way. Levels by Meek Mill, if you haven't heard it. Great song to listen to the gym. Very crude. A lot of profanity. Be aware, but it's very good. Now, anyway, there's foundations to everything, right? Um, Greg Glassman from CrossFit, he has a pyramid. That's his hierarchy, right? What do you need to do going into the sport? You need to work on nutrition, metabolic conditioning, so on and so forth, right? It builds you up to sport. Before you can compete in sport, there's a levels to that, right? Eric Helms who I adopted my philosophies from greatly because he's very, very smart. And he was the one that actually originally, there's a lot of us who have used this concept inside of our coaching and inside of our content, but he is the original founder of the uh, muscle and strength pyramids, created the nutrition pyramid that starts by saying adherence comes first, then calories, then macros, then micros, then nutrient timing, and then supplements, right? That is the hierarchy. That is the pyramid. That is the order of importance when it comes to nutrition, Training, if we just look at training from a blueprint, there's a specific order of operations. I would say the foundation is movement, then strength base, 
then probably hypertrophy. So you have some capacity to handle the training. Then we can talk about energy systems, right? There's a, there's a leveling to this. Um, and depending on your goal, those things change. But the point of this is simple. When we talk about nutrition, there's two ways to approach this. There is the hierarchy. And I've done episodes on this. I wrote a book on this. I'll put it in the show notes if you guys want it. It's free. The nutrition hierarchy. And we talk. Calories come first. Then we talk about macronutrients. Then we talk about micronutrients. Then we talk about nutrient timing. And then we talk about supplements. It goes in that order from most important to least important. But when we talk about the foundations of nutrition, when we talk about simplifying nutrition, I actually don't always follow this hierarchy. And the reason I don't always follow this hierarchy is because tracking calories isn't always applicable. And sometimes we have to learn or structure a way of managing and balancing these calories, this energy balance, this energy intake through another means, intuitive means, keeping people accountable in creating self-awareness, right? So, we have to learn how to simplify nutrition. So there's some rules and standards that we're going to cover today when we talk about simplifying nutrition as a whole. So the first thing we have to think about and the first thing we have to really prioritize when going into this and uh, when going into nutrition in general. And this is like I don't want people to marry themselves to any one philosophy. And I think that's a very, very important takeaway, right? What I'm about to talk about has nothing to do with macros, yet I'm a big proponent of tracking macros because I think they work. Actually, I know they work. I use them. Um, They give us exact tools. They give us metrics. But before that even comes, we have to have an understanding of what good nutrition is, right? So the first thing we have to implement into our life for everybody, no matter what stage you are at with chasing your goals, training, nutrition, anything, is just eating real food, right? And this doesn't necessarily mean paleo. It just means eating real food. Anybody listening to this, anybody in the nutrition space, any doctor, any registered dietitian, any nutritionist, any trainer, nobody can argue that a a predominant diet of whole foods, like if your diet is predominantly whole foods and real foods, you are going to be better off. Right, and, and because we're starting with the basics, this does not mean paleo. Right? I'm not saying you cannot have oatmeal or bread or rice or anything like that. Right? Those are processed, yes. Don't worry about corn. Don't worry about beans and legumes and things like that. Peanuts. Just eat real food. I think we all know what quote-unquote clean real food is, and I think we should all be mature enough to not get sucked into saying – or getting offended by the words clean food. Some people get offended by the word clean food. And I agree there are no clean and dirty foods, right? Nothing is inherently horrible for you or going to make you fat and die. We can all be flexible. Everybody knows I'm flexible with my approach. My website, the first thing you see is me eating sushi, drinking a beer, sitting on a barbell. I practice flexibility with my clients because I believe that's how we sustain this. But I also know that the dominance of my diet needs to be real foods, and I'm okay with that, right? I do like oatmeal. We do have corn sometimes. We do eat beans, things that are not paleo, things that can be argued against paleolithic times, which they are starting to find out, like grains and things like that were actually available back then, but that's another topic. But the point is, before everything, we need to prioritize real food. Okay, and what this means, and I want to say Ben Berger on, um, I don't never know if I'm pronouncing that right, is the person that actually said this specifically. But what he said was um, 
something to the effect of eat real food, don't overeat, mainly plants or something. He said it a little bit better than that, so don't quote me. But the point is, is the majority of your diet should probably be plant-based. You should be eating real food and leave it at that. If you're stuck, if you don't know what to do, if you're starting from ground zero, if we're trying to simplify this whole approach, eat real food. Have a lot of plants. Done. Plain and simple. It's very, very easy to follow. The next way I would take that to the next step, take it a little bit further. Your food, 90% of it should have been grown from the earth, roamed the earth, swam in the ocean, or flew over the earth. Right, Or you could even say grown from the earth, walked on the earth, swam in the earth, flown over the earth. Right, Basically what this means is we are eating animals and plants. Done. For 90% of our diet. That is paleo-ish. But, I mean, certain legumes and things like that are grown from plants. So you can argue that those can be in there too, which I think is fine as long as you can tolerate it. The point is, is if it comes from an animal, we can eat it. If it is an animal, eggs, some dairy, meat. You get the point, real food, right? This goes back to the philosophy number one. If we prioritize real food and we do everything we can to eat majority real food instead of getting sucked into things that are in bags, boxes, and cans, we will be much better off. We will get better results. We will get leaner. Our body will utilize fuel better, and that's one of the biggest things here that people fail to see is that when we are training, our body needs fuel, right? If we intake our calories, which is our fuel, from things that are coming out of cans, bags, and boxes, our body is not going to digest, absorb, and utilize those calories as fuel as efficiently. It's a fact. It's what causes digestive stress. It's what causes slower progressions in your workouts. Things that are real food are always going to work better. Now, things like white rice, which is a great carbohydrate source for performance, is not directly grown from the earth. There's a process to creating grains like that. We know. But it's still considered real food. It's not in a bag. It's not in a box. I mean, I guess it kind of is. But it's not a overly processed food with a ton of ingredients, which leads me to my next thing, which the first three things I'm talking about, eat real food, eat majority. 90% of your diet should be things that walk the earth, flew over the earth, grew from the earth, swam on the earth. Those two first ones and this third one are really all the same thing, just really trying to hammer it home. The last one being do not consume anything. I shouldn't say don't consume anything. Limit the things you consume that have a paragraph as the ingredient list. Something to remember is that the more things on that ingredient list, the more likely it is to cause intolerances, digestive stress, havoc in your body, or be misrepresented on the nutrient label. So remember that a lot of food companies can actually have a wiggle room of 25% on their food label, which means that your calories and macros on the food label can be up to 25% wrong, which is insane. But the, the likelihood of that happening when you eat something that is an apple, right, one ingredient is much lower. And even if it is, it's not as big of a deal because your body's gonna accept and tolerate it more. The more ingredients, the more room for air, the more room for intolerances there is. So we want to keep those foods to a minimum. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but I wanted to just remind you that one of the biggest things about the Boom Boom Performance movement is free content. We are literally here trying to change the world. And part of doing that is trying to give away as much free shit as possible. 
literally. We want to educate the world on how to live a better life from our physical body to our mental sanity. We want to work with everybody possible and help them get educated on what it means to have proper nutrition, smart training, and live a healthier lifestyle to improve every aspect of their life. And part of that is giving away as much free content as possible as well as offering some really cool stuff to you guys, the listeners, the followers, the subscribers, whoever is listening to the show right now. So I want to remind you that we have tons of ebooks. We have the membership site. We offer coaching. We give away free seminars. We do so much stuff, and all of it can be found at boomboomperformance.com slash content. Or you can click the first link you see in the description of this podcast on iTunes or wherever else you're listening to it. Now, without any further ado, let's get back to the podcast. I still consume things with multiple ingredients in it. Don't get me wrong. But again, that falls into my 10%. of my diet should be real food, should have roamed or grown from the earth, and should have a very short, if not single word, ingredient list. The larger the ingredient list, the worse it may be, right? Moving past that, we need to create self-awareness. Before we can talk about macros, before we can talk about nutrient timing, before we can get overly specific, we need to educate ourselves, educate our clients on what real nutrition is. So I'm going over all these real foods. Well, what are those things? What are real foods? Let's discover that. Now let's categorize them into macros. What is a protein? What is a carb? What is a fat? Because once we get these things in our head and we educate them ourselves on the what, we need to understand how to place them around. We should have a lean protein source, about a palmful or a handful, in every meal. We should have a little fat throughout the day, about a thumb to two thumb-sized portions per meal. We should have a palm-sized portion of carbohydrates and produce, whether that be cruciferous vegetables or root vegetables like carrots and sweet potatoes or around our workouts some white rice or some fruit. But we should be having these things. We need to understand what's protein, what's carbs, what's fat before we can do that. So if we're listening to this and we're still at ground zero or we're trying to teach somebody who is at ground zero, we need to educate them on what these classifications are, what these categories are. Because we can understand what fish is, what vegetables are, what fruit is. But if we don't know how to categorize them, we actually cannot place them inside of meals with any type of outcome at the end of it or any type of focus or any type of knowledge. This is how we build self-awareness. See, a lot of people don't understand what protein truly is, don't understand where sugar is. We don't read labels. A lot of you listening probably didn't know that labels can have up to a 25% error, right? So as we learn these things, as we learn about possible intolerances, as we learn about biofeedback, so how our body is responding to this, and this is all part of tracking. And when I say tracking, I don't mean tracking macros. This is all part of building our self-awareness. Adherence becomes 10 times easier when we have proper education and good self-awareness. So ground zero, starting from the beginning, we're, we're implementing these real foods and we're prioritizing those things. And now we need to track and journal the process. What are we consuming? How are we pairing these meals? When do we feel good? Did I sleep well? Did I train hard? Did I recover well? Do I feel full? Do I feel overly full? Do I feel so hungry? Cool. Let's look at all these signals, cravings, hunger, mood, biofeedback. Now, let's correlate that and connect that with our meals through the days. Are we changing what we eat? 
did we eat something that had 25 things on the ingredient list that was super processed? And now all of a sudden our biofeedback is wrecked, right? Most people will have stomach pains, digestive issues, bowel issues. They won't even think twice about it. But if they were able to look back at a track record of what they've consumed, they could pinpoint like, oh, shit, I haven't ate that in weeks and I also haven't had bowel issues in weeks. Yet when I eat this one thing that's highly processed, full of processed sugar with additives that I don't even know how to fucking pronounce, falling out of the real food category, I have these issues and I do not like these issues. Therefore, I probably shouldn't have that food as often. This is a good way to create education and self-awareness. This is key. Now, next, we can start getting into the nitty-gritty, but still keeping it pretty basic. We're eating predominantly real food, right? So I would say 99% of our diet is real food. Now, I consider real food whole grain bread, whole grain wheats, whole oats, produce, vegetables, fruit, sweet potatoes, meat, salsa, right? These things might have a little bit of processed sugar, artificial sweeteners in it, or been through some kind of a process to create because it's rice, it's oats, it's, it's bread. I understand that. But in the grand scheme of things, it's still real food and it took real food to create it, right? And again, this is, this is ground level zero. This is level one. We have to create the real food base after real food. Then we get into 90%, walked the earth, swam on the earth, flew over the earth, or was grown from the earth, Right? So now that we have 99% of our diet as those real foods, 1% is going 1 to 5%. And even if, like we're not talking, I get this question a lot. If 10% of my diet can be whatever, should I take my calories, calculate 10% of that, and then try to eat junk food from it? No. This is figuratively speaking. I don't think anybody should do that. I think that's going a little far, and I don't think it's necessary. This should be the idea that 99% just means the vast majority of my nutrition is coming from real food, period. 90% of my nutrition is coming from things that walked the earth or was grown from the earth or swam or flew over, right? Real food, whole foods, plants, meats, animals, things like that. After that, we build awareness on what those things are. Once we get past that, we can support our output, which basically means what are you doing on a daily basis? What stressors are in your life? When are those stressors being placed? You need to support those stressors with nutrition. If you have a long day at work and you need to be very productive and your brain needs to be working, what is the best way to support that work? Probably eating a breakfast, first of all, not just grabbing half a bagel and some coffee. Because now you got caffeine to wire you, drive your cortisol and adrenaline up more, and then a shitty processed bagel that is only going to spike your insulin and blood sugar just to give you an energy crash about an hour later. Instead, let's have that black coffee to give us some energy, but let's supplement that with a whole egg scramble cooked in coconut oil with some veggies. Now I get protein, now I get nutrients, now I get um, some micronutrients, and now I get fats. What's going to happen here? Micronutrients are going to support my health needs. Protein is going to keep me satiated. And the fats are going to support my neurological components. Focus, cognitive function, so on and so forth. I'm going to be more productive at work. Cool. In the afternoon, I'm training. What can I do with food to support that stress output? Well, I could have some more protein because I should have protein every meal, keep me satiated, and protect muscle breakdown, support recovery. And then I could supplement that with some starchy carb, maybe sweet potato, maybe some white rice, maybe even some fruit, 
maybe some oatmeal and fruit, whatever is in your preference that fits in these categories of real food and whole foods that we talked about. Now that is going to support my performance and my glycogen replenishment, my cortisol, everything that goes on in that training session. That is my support for it. I'm supporting my stressors, right? So again, we're just going down the chopping block. This comes next when it comes to simplifying nutrition. Before you're measuring everything out, before you're considering macros or exactly how many carbs you're eating per day, per meal, so on and so forth, you should be eating real food. You should be building self-awareness and education, and then you should be supporting your outputs. It's pretty easy to say I have a handful of carbs and a handful of protein and a thumbful of fat to slow the digestion down because I'm going to work out an hour and a half, two hours from now, and I want something to support my, my performance and help me recover afterwards. Pretty easy. Now I go home, what should I have? Well, it's nighttime, I'm gonna go to sleep. I probably wanna produce some serotonin. A good way to produce serotonin is protein and carbs. A good way to bring my body down into parasympathetic mode and and lower my cortisol is protein and carbs. And a good way to slow that digestion down so I don't wake up in the middle of the night is fats. So my last meal should probably be pretty balanced across the board. And again, following those whole food components. Very, very easy. But again, we've eliminated eating out, right? So we're simplifying everything. Now, we're supplementing and supporting our output. What do we do next? Well, we fill the gaps. This is where supplements do come in. You look at your weekly nutrition because you're tracking and building awareness, and you notice that you rarely ever have fatty fish, right? You don't buy grass-fed steak. So you're probably not getting a ton of omega-3s like you should. You eat some whole eggs, you do some of this, some of that, and you are getting some whole, um, some omega-3s, but not enough to support the need from a brain, insulin, joint, all these different components of our body that thrive off DHA and EPA, which is specifically found in omega-3 fatty acids. You probably don't get enough, and you know that's super important. So either you start eating salmon more, or you supplement with some fish oil. Usually that means like three to six capsules, depending on what you buy. I'll link to the, in the show notes, the best brand that I have found that I've tested um, and I've read studies on Viva fish oil. I'll link it in the show notes. Maybe you supplement with that. You know that you train hard. You want to recover faster and you want to build strength and muscle supplement with some creatine. It's safe. It's cheap. And it's one of the most effective supplements on the market. Maybe you need a little extra boost when you work out. Have some black coffee because caffeine is shown as a performance enhancer and it's safe in mild doses. You don't need 500 milligrams. You need like 200, maybe 150, right? That's a supplement. You live in Seattle like I do. So you're constantly in the dark rain. So you supplement with vitamin D because that's a precursor for a hormone. It practically is a hormone and you need that in order to support health, nervous system, muscle, testosterone. So you supplement with vitamin D. Maybe you have some digestive issues, so you supplement with a digestive enzyme or a probiotic. See, these are things that are natural, again, still derived from whole foods. Everything I've mentioned is derived from whole foods, even creatine. Creatine is derived from steak and things like that. It's great, and our body produces it by itself, but not enough to support that extra recoverability that we need to improve our strength and performance, right? So these things are natural. Vitamin D, fish oil, probiotics, digestive enzymes, these all come from our body or food, and we can create them and take them in a supplement form. No, I'm not talking fat burners and shit like that. So the next piece is supplementation. Supplement with the blank gaps. Fill the gaps with cheap supplements that are proven to work. Right? I'll even list in the show notes the supplements I recommend with the brands I recommend that are proven and guaranteed. And I'm not affiliated with any supplement company because – 
every brand I recommend is different. I re recommend different vitamin D to fish oil to creatine, and it's because I've looked at all the studies in the labs to see which ones are best. But I'm going to link all those because we do need to supplement. We don't need to supplement with crazy artificial shit. We need to supplement with the things that are going to help us fill the gaps where we need them filled. Shit, if you have testosterone or hormonal issues, ashwagandha, that is a natural herb that you can be taking. Things like this help. The next one is more of a rule, and this comes down the line. So now that we're eating real foods, we're supplementing, we're, we're supporting our training and our stress outputs, we're tracking and building self-awareness and education, we need to remove snacks. No meals, all snacks. This alone is going to support much better results. And if you're somebody who doesn't want to track macros and you've just been slowly like, I would literally take each of these steps and do it for a week. This could be like a 12-week course. You've in implemented real food. Then you move 90% to things that have roamed the earth and grown from the earth. Then you start tracking and noting your biofeedback and building self-awareness about what nutrition is. Then you start supporting your outputs. Then you start supplementing with the missing links, right? Filling the gaps. Now you're going to remove snacks because you can still eat real food in snack. But the reality is that snacking leads to overconsumption. Snacking is never balanced. It's usually like you're snacking on nuts, so it's just pure fat. You're snacking on some pretzels or some uh, bars, who are, which are mainly carbohydrates, some fruit, which is mainly carbohydrates. We want balance, right? And usually when it has balance, it's something that is processed, right? Usually granola bars or protein bars, things like that, which are fine in small doses. I'm not saying anything against protein bars, but for the, again, 90 to 99% of our diet, we shouldn't be relying on those things. We should not be relying on meal replacement shakes. We should be eating real food and we should be having balanced meals. Every client I've ever worked with that I can shift from having snacks throughout the day to having solid meals instead feels better, recovers better, has more energy better digestion, and gets leaner faster. And I stand by that because it's so true. If we can stop the snacking, we can lower cravings, lower binges, lower overconsumption, and we cr can create a sustainable plan where you have three set meals, four set meals, five set meals. We design however many meals to the client, but we remove snacks for the most part, and we focus on balanced nutrition, building meals so you know what you're eating and how to eat it and how to combine the right macronutrients and micronutrients in a single meal to support function, to support stress, to support recovery, to support energy. So now I'm not hungry and craving shit an hour later because every time I eat a snack, my blood sugar rises, I end up having an energy drop, and I end up wanting more carbs or more sugars or more whatever it is 10, 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, sometimes just an hour later. And it's always because that snack doesn't support everything we need. We need balance. So meals, no snacks. Next, has nothing to do with nutrition. Well, a little bit water. Sleep, sodium, water. These three things are super important for nervous system function, performance, and hormonal function. And if your performance sucks and you're not recovering, if your sleep is shitty and you're stressed out, or your hormones and nervous system are out of whack or dysfunctional, you are going to gain weight, you are going to plateau, you are not going to perform as well as you can, and you're probably going to have more cravings. And the best way to supplement this is to make sure you're sleeping seven to nine hours per night, to make sure you're getting enough water. You should never be overly thirsty, but you don't need to drown yourself with gallons of water. Gallon is safe and usually good for everybody. You should be consuming sodium, especially if you train. And if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you train. 
adding a fourth of a teaspoon to your meals is going to support hydration. It's going to support muscle recovery. It's going to support your nervous system and your hormonal system. One-fourth of a teaspoon of pink Himalayan salt per meal is excellent for your health, excellent for insulin sensitivity, everything. It's super, super good for you. Don't avoid sodium. You need that. So sleep, water, sodium. Those three things are critical. All right, so now we've gone over this list of simplifying food, right? We've built a plan around whole, real foods. We've implemented whole foods, majority whole foods, 99% things that walked the earth, swam on the earth, flew over the earth, or were grown on the earth. We started tracking our biofeedback and our building self-awareness and education. We started using nutrients, because we have this education, to support our stress outputs, be that life, work, training, doesn't matter. We supplemented by filling the gaps. We removed all snacks. We're making sure we're sleeping enough, drinking enough water, and supplementing our diet with some sodium. Now, all you need to do is assess your goals. Where are you at now? Where do you want to be? And are you on the right path to get there? Once you've done all of this and you've assessed your goals, if you are not where you need to be or on the fast track to getting there, that is when you implement macros. That is when we take all of this and we have this foundation, this baseline that you've built, and we implement macros. Because if you've done everything I've talked about, you've built such a solid foundation that you can build a kingdom on it. You can't build a house, you can't build a kingdom without a solid foundation. Once we have this foundation, tracking macros, implementing macros, and using macros to progress will be 20 times more successful for you. I can guarantee that. So my purpose with this podcast for you guys today, after doing a very complicated topic like nutritional periodization, was to simplify everything inside nutrition so you had a list of things that you could either A, give to your clients, or B, do yourself if you're at that stage so that you can build your foundation. Because if you're tracking macros and you're not seeing consistency, yet you're missing three or four of the things that I went over today's pod, in today's podcast – that is why you're not seeing results with your macros. These are the foundations. These are the things that need to be in place and be understood. Whether you do them 100% of the time or not is, is just life. It's not going to be perfect. But if, you're, if you want to be excellent, if you want to be successful, if you want to be consistent, you need to understand these things. You need to be aware of these things, educate yourself on these things, and you need to start implementing these things consistently before you do anything else. This is the foundation, and that is simplifying nutrition.